Welcome to The Thought Locker, a podcast that enables personal growth. And what I see from the outside is not only a business that's thrived before lockdown, but through the lockdown, you a managed to survive. Mm. B sounds like you kept most, if not all, of your staff. I on. kept all my staff, and you we've kept, actually doubled the team. You've doubled the size of the team, and not only that, you've moved to a bigger yeah. and more awesome premise. Four times the size. <laughs> Four times the size. So you've expanded, all while keeping your staff in a in a pandemic. When all we've heard from media and journalists and political commentators is that you know hundreds of people a day are losing their jobs and hospitality industry you know the hospitality industry is really struggling and mm. they can't survive another week of level two and everything's going to shit yeah that's an excerpt from the podcast you're about to listen to which is my interview with christine bartley owner of the sweet release cafe in wellington city now if you're in wellington i thoroughly recommend checking it out it's 99 manor street they've just moved to a new location where they offer plant-based food and they also run an entirely nut-free cafe. So if you if you have kids in the family who are allergic to dairy or nuts, it's a safe place where you can go and hang out and get some yummy treats. Uh, it's also entirely free of animal products. So if you're keen on trying some more plant-based food or you are plant-based already, please go and check it out. Um, this is a really inspiring story, I think, of someone who not only thrived during lockdown with a hospitality business, but actually kicked ass they, you know they grew it they uh they did more and 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 all while you know taking an attitude of helping others uh, which i really love so i hope you enjoy this interview and uh thanks for listening when they announced the lockdown you were one of the first people i spoke to and you know there was this massive freak out this is going back to i guess march yeah. this year march 2020 and the whole hospitality industry was freaking out and i got on the phone to you to check that you were okay Mm. and the first thing you said to me was oh my gosh so many people are going to be affected by this i'm really really concerned you know how do we support our community how do we support people that are going to be losing their jobs and struggling and what are we going to do and i was just shocked by the fact that you immediately had this like selfless approach that you were automatically thinking of other people where does that Where does that empathy come from? It's so funny. So um, we've launched the initiatives after lockdown and a lot of people ask me, like, how'd you come up with this idea? And yeah, like, thanks for reminding me that you were one of the few people I actually spoke to about my concerns during the actual time it happened. Um, The empathy, I guess... Like for me, um, I grew up with food insecurity. So my mom, like I grew up in the Philippines, and we were like literally that, you know, in the in the village that no one knows about, like a little fishing village. Um, so yeah, I came from a very small village. Um, everyone there like kind of lives off the land. Um, they all look after each other. It's very tribal mentality where. Um, you have your packs and you share everything together. Um, so when one family goes fishing, that family usually feeds a bunch of other families. If they've had a good day, if they've yeah. succeeded and, and done yeah. well, they do. Um, so, you know, I grew up that way. 
um, until I came into New Zealand when I was nine. But in the Philippines, like, so during that, you know, obviously, like, if they could go fishing, if we had rice and whatever, that was a good day. But there was also, like, um, a lot of food insecurities within the village because, you know, the next city was, like, a three-hour drive away, so you couldn't exactly get food supplies if you needed them. So, yeah, like, I grew up with food insecurities. Like, there was a time when my family was, like, really, really poor, like... I was literally the kid that you would see in commercials or like in movies where there's a kid, you know, with like really torn up clothes, um, rolling down tire with a stick and that was their playtime. Like I remember doing that as a kid and then I saw it in the movies and I was in New Zealand, I was like, oh, what's that? What? That's not normal. And And, and um, would you and did it feel, you know, from what you remember of being a kid, you know, yeah. Did it feel strange or, or did it, did that just feel normal to you at the time? I felt that like was I just... was having the time of my life. You know, I was I was happier. Yeah. yeah. And but at the same time, I guess as a kid your your family kind of protects you from all the responsibilities or worries about all the, the world. Of... Yeah. But you know, like so we would grow up with um, rice and coffee for dinners sometimes and like we would have that as our meal once a day. And if we didn't have a meal, like, it, it wasn't a, oh, we don't have a meal today. It was just like, um, I'll go out and play with your friends. Go and play with your friends until you get so tired you go to sleep and you don't eat for the day. So that's kind of, I guess, where a lot of my, um, I guess I, part, I project that food insecurity still, even though I live in New Zealand and even though I own a business, I still project that food insecurity onto other people where I'm like, are you okay? Have you eaten? Like, even my team's like, man, you're really worried about us eating during the day. Like, yeah. So and food, I guess, is, food is love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what were some of the initiatives that came out of that uh, lockdown situation? Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you reflected on it, you yeah. one of them was the pay it forward meals, which yeah. I love so much. Could you explain that idea? Yeah, so the pay it forward meal, basically during lockdown, I was like, lots of people are going to be losing their jobs. There's already lots of hungry people on the streets. Um, you know, there's already a lot of people that go to bed hungry. Um, this is going to like having a pandemic is just going to like amplify that, and it's going to be a huge catalyst for other people who are not used to experiencing poverty. <laughs> To be below the poverty line and so i thought i have i have food as a cafe and i guess i, I buy i'm able to buy things wholesale um but you know at the same time i actually think about looking after my team and making sure that my concerns about food insecurity didn't get in the way of their their security for their own lives um so i really wanted to my first initial thought was i was feed everyone free food <laughs> And I thought, no, they can't work because I've just got broke and um, my team won't have jobs. And so I thought, okay, what can I do? So I thought, you know what? Like uh, on Facebook, we have over 10,000 followers. Let's get them involved. Um, You know, a lot of people are asking themselves, what can I do to help others? And I wanted to be a method to help other people help other people in need. So I said, to my team in one of our team meetings um, during lockdown. I said, hey, I have this idea that um, we provide the food, we provide the service, we provide the venue, but the people in our community pay for the free meals. And then there are like, some people were quite worried about like, you know, what if people take advantage of it? And I'm like, well, if they're the sort of person to take advantage of free meals, there's 
there's probably some mental health issues happening there and that's okay and you know just give them the meal but it's the it's not for us to judge yeah you, and you you shouldn't not do something that's a good idea just because one percent of yeah. you know or point one percent of yeah. the recipients might be taking advantage of like yeah. that doesn't that, that mean you know the 99 percent still get great value from exactly. that and get something amazingly helpful to them from it and for me, like I think, food insecurity—you like—you don't have to be living in poverty to have food insecurity. It could be like as simple as you forgot your wallet. It's like, oh shit, can't have lunch today. You know. Um, or you're in a relationship where your partner is, uh, you know, got um, money problems or is into exactly. gambling or something, and you've got yeah. all these obligations, and you, you yeah, you, know, you might be in the middle them. of job hunting. You've just lost your job. You know, you still have all your nice suits and you're probably walking around town in your, you know, the suit that you wore for years um, and you've got, you know, your iPhone and whatever, but you've lost your job. You're trying to find a job. So, of course, you have to dress nice. So, you know, when you come into a cafe and you're like all suited up, you know, your iPhone out waiting for these phone calls, that's not for us to judge, you know, that you're asking for a free meal. Like, we don't know your story and we don't expect anyone to tell us their story. Like, we've definitely heard some because some people like feel guilty that they're using these vouchers and they I, I want them to be like we're not in a like and you know i think a lot of people do get worried for us of people taking advantage for it but i always say to them like how am i supposed to even ask or qualify people like do i look at their bank account <laughs> i'm not going to do that i love you know? the help without judgment i think that's a really yeah. nice approach so to sum it up the pay it forward idea is that um People can choose to pay in advance for a meal that goes up on a on a um, display on the on the wall when yes. someone walks into your cafe and if someone's in need they can grab one of those vouchers and bring it up to the counter and get a yeah. get a free meal. And it was um, well a, pay, a meal sorry paid for by one of the yeah. yeah. So one of the things that we came across as a potential issue was people were going to be too shy to ask for help, and you know once people receive help they're able to do better things inside the community. So we thought, how do we make this easy? How do we like do it, like let people do it with dignity? Yes. Um, so yeah, we came up with a pay it forward wall where we printed out a whole bunch of vouchers and it represented a free meal for each voucher. And so you can come in. We don't need to know your life story. You can just come into the cafe, grab a voucher and you come to the counter and you pay that as if you were using um, cash or card. And no questions asked, you just tell us what you want to eat, you sit down and we treat you exactly like every single customer that comes in. And that's so cool that, and, and you referenced it before, but to make yourself the conduit for people to help other people yeah. and, and the, the medium for that to happen and is, is so powerful. You know, like level one would be just giving money to Wellness City Mission or something, which is obviously awesome and helping out. But if you can kind of help make it easy for people to help others, then yeah. that, that's awesome. So good on you. That's um, very cool. Because also... That was also one of my concerns because I really like I, I appreciate all the work a lot of the other food banks do and stuff. So I, I actually initially thought, okay, how about we give them like our, our food and we cook for them or something? But then I thought, no, one of the issues with food insecurities is accessibility. Yes. And we're open seven days a week. We're in this like city central, like we're a public space. You can come in, like you don't need to have a VIP pass or anything like that. So we thought. But this is one of the ways we can provide dignity for people that need a free meal is to be able to act like anybody, you know, just just kind of blend in with the crowd. To and, be normal. Yeah. And I mean, like to be able to go into a cafe, you know, have the option to eat what you want 
and then to be able to sit down you know and eat and have a drink and hopefully free up some of your uh, mind space to do things um to things to do things for yourself or your family or for your community so this it's interesting because a lot of the decisions you've made with your business have fallen into that kind of realm of creating an inclusive space mm. um which might sound interesting because it's a, a, a vegan cafe but you're also very um keen on trying to cater to people with all sorts of different allergies so you operate an entirely nut-free yeah. business as well which is incredible like yeah <laughs> i think a so lot of every- people would look at that and think gosh how do you yeah you know, operate a completely animal product free and nut free business yeah. and still create the most amazing healthy nourishing food yeah so obviously i'm vegan myself so that's why we're a vegan cafe now but i actually also have a slight nut allergy so um i just take antihistamines when i feel like a treat (laughs) (laughs) yeah so but you know when i got so i have a thyroid condition as you know and that's why the company is called sweet release um because i found um my purpose and my love for baking while I was very sick with my thyroid condition. And so when I was very sick, bedridden, I wasn't allowed to have, like I was very strict, none, like none, you know, no nuts, no um, olives, no, like no spicy food, all that sort of stuff. I was in a very strict diet and I really needed to make sure I followed it strictly so that I could get better. And I know that there are a lot of people who are going through the same thing. But it's really hard to find a place where, you know, the barista might not um, make your coffee properly and accidentally give you dairy. And you might, you know, someone who has IBS or dairy intolerance, that would affect them quite a bit. And so you're going nut-free and there's a lot of kids that are allergic to nuts. We thought the only way we can create a safe place is to just not have nuts in the store at all. And as you're seeing more dairy allergies as well, it's a safe place for people to come and buy their kids a fluffy and know that yeah. it, there's no risk that the brist is going to put the wrong milk in by mistake or yeah. whatever it might be. Um, yeah, and it's been amazing watching like families come in, especially during school holidays, where they discover, oh, you know, you've got no nuts in store. Um, and the kids are like, this is my first ever cupcake, you know? Wow. Like, that's the first cupcake they've ever been allowed to have because... You know, they don't have to go to the hospital or think about... There's obviously still a very small risk from the manufacturers making their products, mm. but to go out and experience like what all the other kids experience during school holidays has been really awesome for just to watch. So in New Zealand, when you look at like the hospitality industry as a whole, you see so many approaches where I think, because we're not massive cities, people try and please everybody, mm. you know? So a lot of cafes are starting to have plant-based options or you know dairy-free options but they no one goes very rarely does anyone go the whole way like yourself Mm. um so is there anything particular you that you can point to that sort of gave you that courage to be able to take that kind of plunge and say hey we're going to be absolutely animal product free we're going to be nut free um i think a lot of other business owners would say oh that's a risk i might alienate customers and i might lose people i I totally got um what's the word lectured (laughs) (laughs) many times um and i even had some vegan friends tell me christ don't do that the world's not ready but you know so for me as you might know the um the company started out as a non-vegan place like her best-selling thing was a bacon cookie which everyone still asks me to make, but I'm not going to. Um, I went vegan a year into business um, after I failed my thyroid test and I thought I did everything I was told to do and I still 
I'm getting sick again. Yeah. So that was our post radiation as well. So I didn't want to have another round of radiation. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'm going to do something completely extreme and I'm going to go vegan and it worked at it. I've been like better since, um, and my levels have been okay most of the time. So I went fully, so I turned the shop fully vegetarian because I just didn't want to have to serve meat anymore. I thought that, um, yeah, I just, I just didn't want to. I was learning about all the animal um, issues in the dairy industry and um, how animals are actually treated in New Zealand because obviously um, I think a lot of Kiwis go, that doesn't happen in New Zealand, but it does. And so I was being introduced or exposed to the animal cruelty that even happens in our own backyard. So, yes, yeah, so I just thought I don't want to be the I don't want to be serving dead flesh anymore. So that's what we did. And then a year later or so, we started up the Vegan Vault, which is a fully vegan night market because I was really sick of going to places and having five minute conversations with waitresses or like food truck people confirming does you know like are you sure this doesn't have any animal products in it um and is there fish sauce in this is yeah, there dairy in this is there yeah. yeah i thought oh my god i would love to go somewhere and like not and like obviously we were a vegan cafe and stuff so i was like well this is my cafe we can go to and not have the five minute conversations about whether there were some animal products in it but i thought i i wish i could do this on a bigger scale um, but obviously I can't do it on my own. So I thought, oh, yeah, I was like, let's do a night market. So and the vegan vault was born. So you kind of doubled down. You went, right, yeah. we all in. <laughs> yeah. All in on this vegan life. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw the the cafe going fully vegan. Um, it kind of happened at the same time where I was learning about the dairy industry. So we went fully vegetarian. And as I learned more about veganism and became more vegan myself, we started removing animal products. So even the eggs, we started replacing that. So we were dealing with, we were using aquafaba like five years ago. Everyone's starting to use it now, but we were so like to one c- first. For anyone listening in, aquafaba is uh, chickpea brine. Yes. So it's the liquid that comes in your can of chickpeas. So when you yeah. take out the chickpeas, the liquid that's, that's aquafaba, and it's an awesome egg replacement for baking. And so I think it's worth sort of just, just um, clarifying for people listening in. You ran a amazing bakery <laughs> and turned cafe mm. with no eggs no dairy yeah none so of that usual stuff that every bakery uses yeah so we replaced the butter first and then we replaced the eggs and then we, we had a milkshake menu so we kept the milk and the ice cream and that was sort of like we were running i think a few months with that and thing and i thought everyone seems to be happy they should be okay yeah and then one day on facebook i saw x amount of calves are killed for milk and i was like oh fuck i can't do this anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was literally it was literally an overnight thought i was like i don't like i don't want to be a part of that anymore and you know like so yeah so, and then then the vegan night market idea came to mind as well and i thought i'm going to do this at the same time because it made sense if i'm going to have a vegan night market i can't have a vegetarian cafe so we did both at the same time. And yeah, and the Vegan Vault's been running for over three years and it's going really well. Vegan Vault's amazing. It's a it's a night market. It runs once a month. Slight pause over lockdown, but before that, it's it's a regular on our calendar and yeah. for many people we know. And it's a safe place where you can go and eat beautiful food from all different cultures, uh, whether it's pizzas or dumplings or yeah, you know, it's amazing. or Ethiopian food yeah. like all these different cuisines that you can try yeah. and um, we um 
I go, I personally go through their menus and ingredients as well to make sure that everything is vegan. It's also just a nice, friendly place. You know, there's there's just some wonderful people there, and there's oh, usually live the music. Vibe is and really amazing. The vibe is cool. Yeah, um, as we've started calling it the vegan watering hole, <laughs> because as you know, even in the vegan community, um, sometimes we all don't get along, but all those same people come to the vegan vault, and mm. you know, they see each other face to face. And one one thing I'd say to anyone listening too is, you know that. Before I started going uh, myself, you know, the words vegan vault made me feel like this was going to be some like secret society of, you know, um, environmentalists or something. But far from that, it's actually a really welcoming, inclusive place and no one's going to judge you if you turn up in leather shoes or something like that. It's not, it's, it's a friendly, welcoming place where you can just come and try out a lot of yummy food and, and be around some happy people. So yeah. I thoroughly recommend anyone. You don't have to be vegan to, come and check it out it yeah. would be my main message it's not a binary thing and I think that also is nice to hear your message of you know for you the the, the progression was a gradual one you mm-hmm. know it was the interest came from a, a health reason and then it was kind of this move to take away meat and then it was kind of a you know move towards vegetarianism and then it was taking out eggs and dairy and, and you know it's a slow yeah. progression it's not like overnight you just decided oh I'm vegan and I'm going to start this <laughs> night market and I'm going to start a fully yeah, vegan yeah. cafe everything's um, always taught like everything I do is like thought out yes like once I have a dream I I go for it yeah so a question I really wanted to ask you was do you think that the decision to sort of make a stand on these things once you once you had the information to make make those decisions like to say okay we're going to be a plant-based cafe we're going to be a vegan cafe do you think that's helped your business or or hindered it um it was a huge risk so we were the first fully vegan cafe in wellington so i had no one to talk to there's no one who's like beaten that path down before or or carved away and the people that were sort of interested in that space were too scared to make the move themselves so i was like well somebody has to make the move so yeah, so we went for it. Not only not only has no one made the move, but everyone else is trying to talk you out of making the yeah, move. Yeah, and some people were like, even the vegans were telling me, no, it's like you're going to get ridiculed. And three, four years ago, being vegan wasn't a cool thing. <laughs> so you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, and you know, we did have a hard hard start with it, um, with how people perceived us because. Like, you know, for example, some people thought it'd be funny to, like, put meat between our couches in the shop. So, like, one time I woke up, uh, I went to the store and someone had carefully, like, laid out meat pieces on the um, windowsill. And it's like, someone went through so much effort to, like, beautifully <laughs> put it on. And I was like, and, like, you know me, I'm pretty chilled out. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, Takes a lot to run and, for you. And I guess, you know, like, the whole like my backstory of me growing up in poverty is actually something I didn't even think I needed to share with people. So it's not something everyone knew about me till the pay forward initiative came. Cause everyone was like, why are you doing this? And I was like, well, cause I grew up like this. And, and then it made me realize actually I've never told people that. And so people never understood why I did the things I did. And I guess I didn't understand them either until like I actually had to start answering people. So, we, so here's what from from the outside looking at, yeah, I mean, incredible amount of hard work. And what I see from the outside is not only a business that's thrived before lockdown, but 
through the lockdown, you A, managed to survive, mm. B, it sounds like you kept most, if not all, of your staff I on. kept all my staff and you've actually doubled the team. You've doubled the size of the team. And not only that, you've moved to a bigger yeah. and more awesome premise. Four times the size. <laughs> Four times the size. So you've expanded all while keeping your staff in a, in a pandemic when all we've heard from media and journalists and political commentators is that, you know, hundreds of people a day are losing their jobs and hospitality industry, you know, the hospitality industry is really struggling and mm. they can't survive another week of level two and everything's going to shit. Yeah. That, that just to me is just <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. If you're yeah. a bad woman, like we know when I pitched the idea of um, moving stores, I was going to like, it seems like it's a good idea. And obviously it's like, it, it was like a, that would be so nice to have. But then it was kind of like, so my background is obviously in IT. So I'm very data focused. Everything I do is with data. And I was like, I remember looking at my data and being like, it looks like we can do this, but I don't know if that's a move I should be doing during a pandemic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And one of, you know, before lockdown, it was already a goal of us to start looking into possibly a bigger premise. So um, we did have... A sort of good start but it was there was just so much unknown during lockdown we didn't know what it was gonna look like what hospital was gonna look like we didn't know if people wanted to eat afterwards um so basically yeah we just me and my um financial advisor like met like once a week or so and just kept going through the data and just validating that we were moving towards the right way okay so um, that that's a real something i want to drill into because yeah. i was gonna the next question was gonna be what is it specifically that you did to kind of help keep your head in the game so while most other business owners are sort of panicking thinking shit what am i going to do yeah how did you keep your head focused on like okay what am i going to do today how do i keep the team on board how do Mm. i how do i keep the business going so meeting with your accountant once a week that sounds like a really smart idea (laughs) well i guess for me like growing up and for like even growing up in poverty and if you didn't know this about me it wouldn't make you'd be like why are you doing this um growing up in poverty you know like if you don't do the work you don't get the food yeah so for me it was a very simple equation i have to work my butt even harder than i did before to make sure my team keep their jobs to make sure i kept my company afloat and to make sure that um i look after the community that we've built because it wasn't even just about us i i had you know i was worried about the vegan voxel holders um and we've actually adopted a lot of their products into our store as well just to help them along so yeah it was just like i guess something switched and i was like cool we're on survival mode now and i've done this before like my my mum has done this before with fuck all money like and i have all the resources in new zealand and all the privilege with government help why wouldn't i you know make the most out of that like i don't i guess i'm not like i'm i wasn't willing to sit down and feel sorry for myself i was very like cool time to time to get to work you know yeah that's so cool yeah that's so cool uh that uh gives us a nice segue into one of the other initiatives that you've launched which is the um, pop-ups for other local businesses yes. and I, I we saw this a few months ago where you started to feature other people's products on your own website mm. and in the shop as well and now that you've moved and you've got a bigger premise you're actually um, turning this into a pretty regular thing yeah. where you can you have a space to feature other people's services or, or yeah. products and um, do you want to tell us a little bit more a little yeah bit more about that? so 
when lockdown happened, obviously we couldn't have the vegan night market. Like no one was open. Which I know cut you pretty deep not being able to. Yeah, well, <laughs> to like, I really love. I that's one of my favorite parts of the month where I get to see everybody, you know. And not only that, but I'm in a position to like actually talk to people <laughs> instead of just being in the kitchen the whole day. Yeah, so one of my biggest concerns during lockdown was how is the vegan vault going to do as well with it not existing during lockdown. And then obviously with um, level, even moving down to like level three and level two, we still couldn't run the vegan night market because we couldn't contact trace and you couldn't have more than 100 people and we have hundreds of people there. So I thought I can't just be like, well, bye guys. You know, like I... The vegan fossil holders have been with me since day one, you know? Like, I came up with this crazy idea of having a fully vegan night market, and they were like, I'll come support you and have a store, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll pay for a store, and we'll help you out, and we'll do this as a community. But, um, but it, I should just preface this with saying, you don't make a lot of money out of running oh, this night Oh, you know, I know, right? <laughs> $3. <laughs> like, this is really for the love of it and for sharing yeah. the sort of... Uh, creating this safe environment for people that mm. are keen to try vegan food and 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 just have a space where people like myself can go and meet other people who yeah. who, who like to eat the same kind of food. It's a bit, it has a bigger picture to it. Yeah, so and it's not so your drive is not. This is not a money making operation. Oh, hell no, no. Because <laughs> if we've it was, I would have stopped like the first night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My so, accountant was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Please stop." Yeah, and I was like. <laughs> It's like, okay, I'll, I'll figure it out, don't worry. Yes. So, um, sorry, back to the story. So, so you felt like when the lockdown happened, you, you really felt for these other suppliers who were taking up stalls well, and yeah, then they were, were our friends. They were, you yeah, know, fellow business community. friends. Yeah. Um, so, I was kind of like, okay, what can we do to help them while that's not running? You know, they've been very loyal to us. Um, so yeah, we thought, okay, well, we've got, we'll make, we got rid of our coffee machine in the um, old shop to make room to um, stock everyone else's products in, actually. Mm. Yeah, so it was like, what can we do? And we thought. And a lot, because these people don't have their own shop somewhere. Yeah, they so are, there's a lot of very like beginning of the story. small businesses. The, the beginning yeah. of their story, that's a really nice way to put it. I remember when um, one girl put on the Facebook page she was going to do like plant-based hot dogs yeah. one night and I turned up at the vegan what there's just this line of a hundred people yeah. and this lady running this tiny little cooker <laughs> like looking at this crowd like what am I going to do yeah. <laughs> so um, these are these are people that are just trying to do something that they're passionate about yeah. and and trying to help and and so the vegan vault kind of gives them a, a, a place to experiment with these ideas. Yeah, again, and to, again, we're providing a space for them to... And, and to see if there's a market for what yeah. they're, they're wanting to offer. Exactly. Um, and so providing them some continuity of how, here's a place where you can still sell your products and, yeah. and give you a reason to keep doing like, it, to keep making your... vegan vault hasn't died with lockdown, basically. Which like, is incredible. Let's, let's continue. Yeah. yeah. And so we see, so we offered our, our space um, as pop-ups. And so, yeah, we had um, the Chala Creation guys come in. Chala Creation is Ethiopian. Yeah. Food, which is amazing. And, you know, like the, the best thing about vegan vault is like, yeah, like you said before, like there's different like nationalities, different like if you can come in and see all the different ways you can have vegan food. Yeah. It's not just chips and burgers or salads, you know? You can have whatever you want and there are people in Wellington that can make those food for you. Um so yeah, and so we now that we've got a bigger space, we actually have a special little area at the front where we can like just basically give them a two by two area um and have their own little stall 
as part of us, being part of our community. And um, we do, so we do the pop-up for free. We just give, we design a little tiny poster um, and we create a Facebook event and we invite everyone to come over. Um, yeah, so that's free. And then for Vegan Vault, if you wanted a bigger audience, if you just didn't want the sweet release audience, we can do that too. Awesome. Yeah. And you've got a third initiative that you're doing at the moment, which is yes. to, to be part of the, the movement to end period property. Yeah. We should cover that too. Yeah, tell yeah, me more cool. about that and where that came from. Because you just, it's just, it's like this lockdown just spurred this uh, kind of drive, like, right, what more can we do? Well, and that's what I love about your attitude is like, well, what more can I do? What more can I? Yeah. Like, what do I have that I can share? Yes. Um, so, yeah, again, being a, so while we're thinking about Pat Forward, Okay, we're open seven days, we're a public space, anyone can walk in, you know, um, and be part of our community. So, um, before our current chef is, was with us, we were actually an all-girls team, and we are constantly sharing tampons and pads together. Um, in fact, I think we had, um, we just used to have a stash of it in the, in the um, first aid bag. So, we thought... And actually, one of the things that we love about our new space is the bathroom. So I don't know. Have you oh, been no, in well, it? No, when I met one of the team when I first, because I came to the, the new space for the first time a few weeks ago. Yeah, and they're like, and come in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think to say when you welcome someone into a cafe? <laughs> the best thing is the new bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Because so, you've kind of had to go outside in the old shop to sort of grab the yeah, corner. And, yeah. Right. Um, so just for anyone listening in, the point of reference is the, the shop was, the, the last shop you were in was pretty small and the... Yeah, the, we had the bathroom co- space was limited. It was like literally a closet. Like yeah. it was a closet that had a toilet and um, a sink in it, um, and it was outside of the shop and it was behind the shop. You had to go through the kitchen and everything. So, so yeah, that was it. Was kind of like, hey, you know, this is our this is our space. But this is what we deal with. When we moved in here, we saw that there was three bathrooms, and we were just like, oh my god, are we this? And that really made us feel like we have a proper cafe, like having three bathrooms, yep. having a large enough like bathroom um, where mums can come in. Changing change table. Yeah, yeah, you know, like they couldn't do that in a closet toilet before. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then, so we were like in there and, you know, um, one of our staff members, she's a really amazing painter and so is her boyfriend. Um, so I said, like, if there's anything we need to focus on in the shop, I want it to be this place because this this feels to me like signifies our move. Like, yes, we have a dining area now, but this really signifies that we've that we've gotten bigger, that we've got three three toilets. Um, so, if you do come to our bathroom, you'll notice that it's painted like bottom to top to ceiling um, of like a meadow <laughs> with animals and stuff on it. And we thought, like, let's just put all our tampons and pads here like because like this we don't need to keep it in the first aid kit anymore we can just share it here and like you know because in the last space we you couldn't put anything else in there so there's mm. no room for us to share that so we thought oh well, let's put a shelf in and um actually rogan vagabond um does a does provides free tampons and pads so i remember visiting there last year and being really inspired by that being like one day when I have a bathroom that's <laughs> big enough to fit a, For to, a shelf, a shelf, just even a tiny shelf, I'm going to put free tampons and pads. And so here we are. Um, and so, what's the what's the feedback like been like so far? So we, it's been amazing. 
Um, so we were like, oh shit, like where, the, where is the shelf that we're going to use for this? And we literally went, like, you know, when we when we um, packed everything up and put everything in the shop, everything was a mess. And I literally pointed at one shelf and I said, we're going to use that shelf, put it in the bathroom and we'll just put um, a basket on top of it and we'll put all our, all our current tampons and pads on it. Um, and so we did that and I was like, you know what, we should encourage other people to also share what they've got. So I had the write-up um, in period poverty, which is um, a thing that uh, one of the Green Party MPs, Julie, is actually running as well. So that's where the hashtag comes from, I believe. Um, I don't know if it's actually from them, but that was one of the first places I saw the hashtag. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so we got the shelves in. We put a little basket on top of it, thinking, it'd be so nice, like, that, that you know, it looks a little bit full, like, um, and I don't know if you've been in there today, but it's full, like the whole shelf is full. So like other people have added? Yeah. Like, so we just, it? we just, so before we opened, I said, oh, you know, like there might be some, cause we're talking about how, um, so a lot of our friends or some of the people have moved towards, um, like moon cups and whatever yes. they're called. Um, so, and they're like, but they've just got spear, um, pads and tampons lying around that they're not using anymore. Yeah. So we thought, oh, we'll put a call out for people who have switched, right? Yeah. So we thought people that have just switched, we'll just ask them for any of their spare ones that they, they won't be using anymore. Yeah. Drop it off and we can share it with everybody who goes in the bathroom. Like We don't have to do anything for it. People can just take and leave whatever they want. And so we put it out on Instagram story and, like, and I think I, some of the girls shared it on some groups. And yeah, it's been flooded and people, well, like so many people loved it and they were just, and it's like literally so full now. It's, it's interesting. It's like five shelves full. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's enough to last everyone for a long time. But you know, people can take a whole pack if they needed to, because yeah. You've built this community of people that super keen to help and, yeah. and finding these really clever ways to spread the spread the love yeah so nice and it's a it's a it's yours is a really nice story of how um you know social media can help facilitate mm. some of these things i know you've had some some tough experiences on there too but the it's not yeah it is encouraging to hear nice stories of you know that the power of what those online communities can do when they're used for for good uh, and so you're very good at doing that so my you know yeah. kudos to you for for helping facilitate that um where where do you see this going what are your sort of any dreams or goals for the future that you'd be prepared to share for for where you want to take the business and Mm. take take this journey over the next few years yeah definitely um so one of the so obviously we've got all these initiatives and they're all quite new first we just want to make sure that we sustain them yes because um, we've only been in this new space for a month, so it's and it's like, a it's a key to business to it because you mentioned that you could just give out free meals, but what's actually when you're a business, you've got to look at okay, what's actually sustainable long term. How how do you help whilst? But if you go out of business helping, that's no good to anybody. Yeah, yeah. So so and it's not but, fair on my team. It's not fair on your team who are relying on you. And, yeah. So that sustainable initiatives mm. is, yes. and, and that's where being open to asking for help from the community can can make such a difference and, yeah. and having a community of loyal cares, people that can yeah. call on that who care yeah so um yeah we've been very fortunate that um there are lots of kind people in our community who are 
who are in a situation where they can help and, you know, buy a free meal for someone else or have a pack of pads and tampons to just share with other people. Um, so now that I've now that we've kind of settled into the shop, like we've unpacked even well, mostly everything. <laughs> so looking around the room. Um, you know, now that we've unpacked most of the things, we've settled in, we've got our menu sorted, we've got we we've just hired our last part of the puzzle of the team. Um, one of my goals is actually to have my team on the living wage. So um, and it's something that we discuss frequently with each other as well because um, I was like we could have put everyone on the living wage in um, the old store before lockdown mm-hmm. and that was the plan but then we moved here and then we needed to double the team and again I always have to find a balance between what I really want which is to put them on the living wage versus what's what the data is saying and what's sustainable and what I can do to help more people out. And, and so that's that balance between like, if I move to this new place, money's going to be a bit tighter, but I can hire, but I'll need to hire more people. Mm. So that's more jobs that you're creating, yes. but it means more time before you can pay everybody a living wage. Yeah. It's, it's the challenges as a it's, business owner that yeah. you go through. Um, but you know, you can overcome those challenges just purely by talking to your team. So anyone who's just, and I think some people, you know, they get so stuck with having these conversations in their head. Yeah. It's like, just, just talk to your team about it and be like, Hey, so this is, you know, this is our goal. It's still a goal because of these reasons. Um, Do you think that comes back to the upbringing that more of that community aspect of we're in this together, Yeah. you know? Okay. So we're on this journey together. Let's talk about it. Yeah. That's, I think that's super powerful and, and quite a, uh, to me, a great way to run a business, but probably a very unusual way to run a business. In, I know. I get told I run a business like a millennial all the time <laughs> and a liberal. So, so getting the team onto the living wage, that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the, the, so, yeah, the goals for the near future. That's our, that's our one main focus now. Cool. And once I, so basically, um, you know, should any other opportunity arrive, we'll, look into them, analyze it <laughs> and see if it's something we can do. But otherwise our main focus is to get through Wellington on a plate for next week onwards. And then, um, yeah, work on figuring out, um, all the many goals that have, that have to happen for the team to get on the living wage. So Wellington on a plate is coming up soon that you're going to be featuring a new burger as yes. part of the, <laughs> that, that, um, thing. So if anyone listening is into trying out, um, you know, a lot of you will go around different restaurants in Wellington trying out the different burgers. Please make sure you come and check out Sweet Release. Yeah. Uh, which is at 99 Manor Street. Uh, so come and check out. You were a finalist last year with your burger out of we, all the businesses in yeah, Wellington. Yeah, that was so scary. We, um, so it was so a not just a, not just a finalist for like a plant based burger, but like a finalist overall. For yeah. The- um, so there was like over 220 restaurants and cafes that entered last year. Yeah. It was our first entry to Burger Wellington and we kind of thought, Oh, we'll just, you know, we'll have some fun. Give us a pop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's see what this is about. And yeah. And so we gave it a go and we were really busy. We're like, oh shit. Like, can we, can we cope with the, with the amount of busyness? But everyone was really patient and stuff. Um, and you know, back then there was only five of us in the team. Um, so yeah, we were pumping all these burgers and we're like, man, like Burger Wellington's insane. And we didn't realize we were just actually really busy because like lots of people really loved our burger. And the word was spreading. Yeah. Like we didn't realize that, um, that people actually thought our burger was really special, which is really bad, but yeah. So, 
I'm sure yeah. everyone tried to tell you. It's just you. Yeah, talking. I'm very like, yeah. I'm, I'm making burgers right now. You know, yeah. like, thank you. Like, I'm back to making the next hundred burgers. So yeah, it was really interesting winning it because we didn't expect to. We, especially being a vegan one, no, like we were the first vegan um, burger to make it in the top five in the whole competition in the last 10 years. And wow. then, so we're like, okay, cool. We made it into the top five. Yay, us. And then, um, so they do a whole bunch of judging. And then, yeah, then we went to the awards night and came third place, and that was amazing. Um, and then, obviously, now we're feeling the pressure for this year. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so we're doing... So, so the burger you did last year yeah. was a ribs, like yes. a plant-based ribs burger with this beautiful coleslaw, and it had this amazing barbecue taste. And it was made out of seitan. And jackfruit. And jackfruit, yeah. which uh, for anyone listening who hasn't heard of those terms, jackfruit is a, a is literally a, a Asian an Asian fruit, yeah. which you've probably never heard of, but it's used in plant based cooking mm. quite a lot. And seitan is, is a wheat gluten, yeah. so made from wheat. Yeah. Um, so these are you know very common products in our lexicon, but probably foreign for for anyone mm. potentially people listening in. Um, but the burger was amazing, and. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have not only um, kept making that burger successfully for a year and had a lot of people yeah, still on the menu love it. Still on the menu now. Yeah. Um, we tried removing it a few times and people kept asking for it. Yeah, but yeah, there's potential there for that to turn into a, you know another part of the business too in terms of yeah. creating these plant-based meat alternatives, Yeah, which is which really is exciting as well. Butcher started. And that's not a butcher, which yes. is which has got a whole lot of potential for you guys too. Yeah. To, to be an awesome service as well. So. Yeah. And so for this year, you know, we kind of decided, well, there's going to be lots of extra eyes on us for Burger Wellington. Um, let's just, again, have fun with it. Cool. <laughs> so we're um, we're doing a Filipino burger. Awesome. I thought, you're going to criticize me. This is still the truth. This is still my story. You know, it's our burger. Celebrate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So when does that? When will that be available from for people to come and try? Monday. Monday. Yeah. So that'll be Monday the twelfth yeah. of October until the thirty first of October. Until the thirty first um, of October. So yeah, we're going to be very busy. Hopefully. <laughs> um, what I was really surprised by when I came into the new cafe for the first time the other week was how epically varied but high quality the menu is. Yeah. So with your new premise, you've got really beautiful sit-down meals salads burgers a different range of choices mm. you know you sort of a big breakfast kind of option mm. and all manner of drinks and things as well and all manner of treats that you can buy to take away so there really is something for everyone here to try and, and the food is amazing so i can't recommend it high enough to people to just come and if you've never tried um, plant-based food before this is the perfect place to come and experiment if you are into plant-based food or you're making that transition this is just I can't tell you how nice it is to have a safe place to come and hang out and know that everything you order and eat is going to be completely yeah. free of any animal products. Yeah, and you're supporting um, our vegan community, our sweet release community as well when you come here. And people can also order a lot of your uh, a lot of your things online. Yes. So what's the website? Sweetrelease.co.nz. Perfect. And as I say, 99 Manor Street, and you're open every day, varying yes. out, you know, longer hours during Wellington on a plate. You'll be at a, you know, more dinner type hours as well with, with when the burger will be available. But just check on Google, just check the, the our website. Yeah, hours. Our website's the best place. And, and very active on social media too. So follow on yeah. Facebook as well as a, as a good idea as well. And 
we mentioned before, but it's worth repeating that the, the cafe is entirely nut free as well. So even if you're not plant based, but you have nut allergies in the family, this is a really safe place where yeah. you're, you, you can come and, and hang out. Yeah. Or if you, even if you're dairy free or just egg free, you don't have to be vegan to, to come and yeah. enjoy the food. Yeah. Absolutely. Chris, you're an inspiration to me and please keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for creating a safe space for, for all of us. And, you know, I think for having the courage to take these steps and just go for it, you know, I think that's, that's, that's what I find most inspiring is that you'll, you'll see a, something that resonates with you and you'll just say, look, let's, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. Let's, let's be brave. And brave or crazy. Brave or crazy, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, and empathetic as well. I think that's a, that's a powerful combination. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Awesome.